Welcome to the Cashless Cowboy, where we cover all things radio and Western lifestyle. Based here in Australia, but don't worry, we got some overseas guests coming in too. Let's get into it. So guys, I want to make a official apology. I haven't done an episode since, well, longer than I'd like to admit. But I believe it was July, this last episode I put up. And it's way too long. I've gotten so many messages asking when the next episode's going to be. And that has been so, so good. To realise how far that this podcast is really reaching really blew me away. But I've had a lot going on in my life. I got braces, which you find out in this episode. So I do apologise for my lisp. Um, it wasn't something that you just wanted to be listening to when I first got them because it was really bad. But here we go. The Cassius Cowboy is back and I'm so glad I got to sit down with such a really good friend to come back into it. I got to sit down at the ATRA National Finals in Capella with the one and only... Tony Lilliman. Doob is the president of the Australasian Team Roping Association. He is a legend in the Australian team roping scene and just a really, really good mate. He's helped me with my roping like you would not believe. So to be able to sit down with Doob and crack out a great episode to get it to you guys was so much fun. So here we go. I believe episode number tw- uh, 12 with uh, Tony Lilliman. Let's get into it. It's been that long, I can't remember what episode I'm up to. Right, so here we are, episode number 12 of the Cashless Cowboy. We are currently at the ATRA finals up in Capella so it starts uh, tomorrow what's today Wednesday starts tomorrow with the prelim Thursday night and then we get into everything on the Friday Saturday Sunday with the finals but I wanted to sit down with this man for a long time because he's been a great great help with me for my roping and just been a real idol to me with with who he is in general and what he does for everybody else but here he is the man himself Tony Lilliman welcome you make me sound like a boxer. <laughs> we'll start ringing the bell in a second. We did no. say if the caravan's knocking, rocking. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Tony Lilliman. Um, I come from, originally come from Richmond. Um, born and bred in Richmond and, and grew up and was there till I was 40 year old, I guess. But uh, we had a family, my mum and dad and that, and five in the family and we um, had a sheep and cattle station in Richmond and we developed from that and yeah so that's that's originally where I come from yep so for a lot of people that uh, that know you they probably know you more as do not Tony how'd that come about yeah that's correct um, um, if anyone ever was around in those days it was like back in the 60s there was a comic book and there was the doobies and don't bees. You were a I ain't going any further than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why people call you doob, though, not don't. Yeah, don't call me don't. <laughs> don't ever say don't. No, they do. Yeah, um, and that sort of stuck. 
yeah, mum and dad. I mean, everyone, every family member, uh, including my father, have got nicknames. Yep. None of us are, go by our name. Yeah. Yeah. That's because that's what my dad did. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you got two nicknames, really, though, don't you? Family as well as everyone else. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got lots of names, actually. <laughs> the people call you a lot of things. Yeah, they call me a lot of things. Some of them, some of them may be true. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, what actually, I mean, we're, we're predominantly at a, at a team roping now, but you rodeoed a long time ago, so what uh, what got you started in rodeo? Um, I suppose basically uh, Netta, my elder sister Netta and Ian, they were, uh, when I left school, I was playing a lot of playing a fair bit of football then, leaving school and going back to Richmond. We played a lot of football, but um, Netta and Ian sort of um, were doing the radio side of things. I think you know, like Mum, uh, Dad was always into the horse side of stuff, and um, we did a lot of pony clubs and shows, show jumping and stuff like that as growing up. But I always liked a bit more adventure in what I was wanting to ride the horse with. Um, I didn't actually like the, the horse as in... Um, I wanted a bit more excitement, I suppose. Um, and then, so we developed... When the year I left school, I uh, went down and did the Christmas run with Nader and Ian. Um, at the only, um, I think it was AAA radios in them days down to Victoria. And that kind of started me off in that area. I still played football for a few years, but was doing both. Um, let's uh, let's let's stop for a second. Let's let's find out how long ago that is. Let's show your age here for a second. <laughs> yeah, well, that was '79. I left school, so yeah, we, I was away at boarding school for seven years. Yeah, and then when um, when that was done. Um, yeah, we. I started with the radio thing, and mainly riding Bronx. Yeah, Rode, riding Bronx. That's what Ian was doing, and um, so Ian used to be a roughie back in the day too. Yeah, Ian was a Bronx rider too. He I mean, he's rough looking, but like yeah, he used to be roughy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yep. So then, yeah, you. What 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 really got you started? Then, when you stepped out of Bronx. Um. Yeah, so we did the bronc riding thing for, oh, well, I did it for probably 10 or so years. But in the meantime, you go back, and they were the days when we, there was lots of steer rides, and steer rides paid big money. I remember winning a steer ride at Yildon and paid six $700, which was amazing back in those then, days. Yeah. I mean, winning six $700 now would be amazing. So you can imagine that back in um, early 80s, winning that much money as a, as a 18 year old 17 year old it was it's just pretty awesome so yeah i mean you just got hooked in that um that area where you and i mean i just enjoyed the the company and companionship of of mates in that area and that as well so yeah, yeah it's good well it turns into family really not just mates yeah know. yeah no i thought i saw it as a something that everyone in your family could do and um and it gave you um it gave you somewhere to go whereas like if with the football side of things it was like if you didn't make it to the nrl there was a it was a dead point where you were going i mean you could do your play for your town for the you know rest of your life but 
um, which was only going to be your, your playing life, which was only going to be three or four years anyway. And But with rodeo and team roping, I, I just saw um, saw a bit more of future and saw, uh, yeah, w- where you could do it forever and, and still be 80-year-old and don't have to re- relearning the things that you learnt 60 years ago. Yeah. So how old are you now? Well... Do you really have that? Well, if when you hit 72, <laughs> we can rope in the century rope. <laughs> <laughs> every year, we get closer. Yeah, that's it. So every year, I can get a younger one. Well, that's, well there you go. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Not like life. <laughs> well, like you were just saying before, like NRL, you know, like it's the rugby league's been a massive part in your whole family. Like both your boys have played and, and um, a lot of people that probably listen to this probably know of a man by the name of... Um, Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, Jacob played for the Cowboys and played for Auckland. Played for the State of Origin. Um, he was a nephew, my brother's son. Uh, both my boys played football. Um, Joel played for the Cowboys, the young guns, and Casey was played for them for a little bit, and then he played for the Cabras, uh, played for the Comets, which was the Rockhampton team. And then Joel went to West Australia, played rugby league over there in the New South Wales comp. But uh, a lot of politics. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they're proper. Anyone that makes it in uh, NRL, they're, they're tough people and yeah. tough bonded and tough. Yeah, and it's yeah, great credit to anyone that does it. But just wasn't. I suppose it wasn't for them. I mean, that was their decision when they didn't go along with it. So that's. I mean, we we were happy to have this backup, uh, as in rodeo or team roping, that um, my two sons had that they can carry on with, and that's that's the thing I like about it because we, um, as a as a family, we stay together and we still team rope together and that's it. and have a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we're right now wearing your gooseneck because nice and warm outside we got the aircon cranking and stuff but you walk out that door and it's surrounded by family yeah it's all family and and i've got a grandkid on the way casey's in uh canada at the minute um he's living over there got married last year but he's got a grandkid on the way and i just can't wait to rap with him or her it doesn't really matter you could be making the century on your own and she could be just busting out the sixes (laughs) and you'll be able to rope together Yes, ma'am. Yes, well, it's, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, definitely. Well, um, we just said before when I introduced you, you've done a lot to help me and that, but it's it's not just me. It's you do whatever you can to help anybody. And it's, it, it just shows the sort of character of the man that you are, you know, whether it's uh, helping with some pointers here and there, whether it's outside or inside the arena, you know, ropes, I don't know how many people I've ever seen on your horses, you know, but just anything at all, you're always the man that just, you go above and beyond for a lot of people. It just yeah. shows the sort of person you are. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't do it for um, self-gratification. I do it because I like to see people happy and, re- and winning and enjoying. Um, I like I like people to ride good horses um, and not saying that mine's, I've got the greatest horses. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a horseman. I'm, I just say that my horses feel great to me and if other people want to ride them, I don't have a problem with that. I, I enjoy um, 
riding a horse after another person because every horse changes to a, to every p- different person and um and they come back to whatever that person is uh, and that's what i like to feel in a horse is when it comes back to me if it takes a little time to come back to me uh from a from another person i i understand it but i and I, it gives me different challenges, and then every time I ride my horses, after other people ride them, yeah, and um, yeah, and I just love seeing other people enjoy it. And I, the more people I get hooked on Team Rab, and the happier I'm going to be. Exactly. Yes, sir. You know, because we were actually, um, I've got it written down here later on, but we'll get into it now. So Nedra and Ian created the ATRA like a long time ago and we were talking before that there was only 55 members at the very first finals and they'd have to be close to a thousand now yeah we've had we've been up to a thousand we've come back to 800 and something this year um Nedra and Ian, yeah they were a big force in it but there was there's quite a few of us i mean lock lock henry was doing on a on a private scene at the at the time when we were wanting to go that way um, and he had to close up and eventually died of cancer in 2008. But in the meantime, um, when the honorary group couldn't continue with the team rap, we decided that it had to be continued on. And it was more Netta and myself and a, and a lady, Jen Geddes, that um, we kicked along for a couple of years to to get it to a stage where yeah, it was going to be, and it was it was a real battle. I mean, the first few years because, um, and that was like in two thousand and seven, two thousand eight. I think the first finals here at Capella was in two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, but it's awesome now, and it, I mean, I just love it because uh, we've got three hundred and thirty or forty teams in the eights, um, which is amazing. That's great numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah picking up 50 or 60 every year so that's awesome in the middle of a drought it is awesome exactly yeah I was, um so i bought jai robson stat up with me old robo and we were sitting there monday and he's like oh, i don't think there's gonna be many years this year i was like oh, was that he goes oh just the conditions this is just really dry and i kind of agreed with him and and then to to hear yesterday i think nathan told me a uh, jail sorry told me last night that there's 300 odd in it and i was yeah. just like wow that's phenomenal for the times and the tough times that people are going through to still come and do what they love to do it's what brings everyone together when it comes down to it yes um and i you can make up all sorts of reasons for not to come but a lot of people come because it's a family thing and they come to capella to have camp for the week you know like and kick back who don't go to the beach they come to capella and kick back and enjoy what they do and and the company and the comradeship and families all get together here and there's no you know, no bickering and stuff like that. It's just a good fun week to be around. Yeah. All your mates and yeah. yeah. Well then in saying like you said, like you struggled for a long time when you were creating it. I don't I don't know exactly how many years you have been, but right now this is your very last week of the president of the ATRA. Yeah, I've only been a uh, president for a couple of years, but I've been involved with um, the team rap and right from the uh, uh, um, Australasian team rap organisation from from the start, um, and I've been doing the numbers for the last I don't know, maybe 
eight years, I guess. Um, and I see the numbers. I mean, that's the that's the reason why it works, and it's the main reason we're here. So, for those at home who don't know what you're talking about when you say the numbers, just explain that for them. Yeah, well, basically, it's a um, the same as golf. We have a um, a system of one to one to ten. Um, and basically one and two aren't really used the three is the lowest roper like the the beginner roper two and a three is a beginning roper and uh, the best ropers we have in the in the country are eights <coughs> in america they have tens which are guys that go to the national finals um so what happens uh, a three can team up with a seven and go in the tens competition um, and it works like that, so it's it's it, it's a it's a good leveler, um, same as golf is with the handicaps. Um, it's a good level leveler to to have a competition. And as you can see, the the lower number, as in the eights or the tens, is growing way quicker than the than the higher numbers for the simple reason that there's more, more people, people coming in. Yeah, more people coming in. Um, we got a sixes as well, which we do on do on a machine. Um, so it and it, and it, anyone can do it. I mean, you don't have to dally. You you got to be able to sit on a horse, which yep. is something that we can get done real quick. Swing and a rope and catch it's a capped at a three. Yeah, it's capped at a three. So it's only the beginners. Uh, so none of the good guys go into that, and you're you're at your you're competing at your own level. Yeah, and that's the fantastic part about about the jackpot roping. To me, is you are roping against people on your level, and you're not back in the box as a three roper at a rodeo against a 10 header yeah you know like you're uh and i do it like i'm still a low numbered roper and i still enter up at the rodeos just because i love doing it you know but when you come to a jackpot and you win the money because you won against people your level or even if you step up and you're lower than them people and you still win it just gives you a bigger confidence boost yeah yeah i mean a lot of the better guys will are there to help you as well but because there's, because we have an ad back system, because there's 300 in the eights and 250 or 60 in the tens, I think those those ropers pay more than the opens because there's so many in them. Which, which is, is a real shame because you, you push and battle and do everything you can to be one of the best. And then with the, the industry it is now and, and that you kind of don't get rewarded for it in a little bit of a way. Yeah, there is that that side of things, but um, oh, it's more important to get people, more people doing it than than actually to favour the top end anyway. Um, it, I mean, it, every, there's a few people drop off and whatever, but the, the more we keep on kicking kicking goals with the bottom end, the more we're going to have at the top end. Top end. And, and the top end people just got to appreciate that they um, the ATRA is set up for the membership and the memberships is between three and five i mean that's where the the numbers are and that's what the association has to look after and that's that's cool which is you know that's what the associations are about yeah and that's it without without looking up looking after them lowered numbered ropies like you said you're never going to end up having the high numbered ropies no, full stop that's right. everyone yeah. starts somewhere but um just before well, we were just talking about family like your sister and that and creating the association that but let's talk about your immediate family You've been married for 33 years. That's a long time. That's a, that is an absolute 
you you got to get a plaque and hang up in this gooseneck somewhere. That's a feet and a half to me. Thirty three years of marriage is massive. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, <laughs> no, someone to put up with you for thirty three <laughs> yeah, years someone straight. Someone to put that's up with massive. me for thirty three years, and imagine I haven't been a saint and never admitted to being one. But um, my wife is. Um, but and and it probably took a woman like that to do the thirty three years. But in saying that, marriage is is a moving part that we keep on working on in there unless you keep working on it both from both sides it doesn't get done um, and that's why i mean i'm, I'm no marriage counselor or anything i just know that a lot of it's dropped off these days but um two people have got to work on it and i have a lovely wife that helps me and i help her to continue and we enjoy the hell out of each other's company and and we yeah Love it. Yeah. Love each other. Yeah, well, it's a shame she's not here this weekend because I was really looking forward to catching up with her. Yeah, well, she's always here, but now I've got to do the cooking on my own this weekend. Mm. You'll see me, uh, by the time we get to Monday, I'll be all scruffy with thongs on. And <laughs> That's it. No Haven't eaten in a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, as well as being married for so long, you had two great sons and are now a daughter-in-law and soon to be grandchild. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Really happy with that. Really, really proud. Um, that, um, yeah, just, just amazed that that's all, yeah, all happening. But, and that's life. Um, and that's what, what I enjoy about life is it's it's all in front of us. We keep on thinking that we need it today, but um, if you just keep on getting up every morning and being happy and. It, it it'll come in come to you. It'll come to everyone. You just got to keep on kicking. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But uh, that goes once again. That goes back to who you are. Because I haven't had a great deal to do with Casey. It's a bit of a shame. Once I come on the scene was when he was away. But Joel and I get along really well. I I Joel's a very good friend of mine and that. But they're just two great people. And that comes from how you you raised them and and stuff like that, which is once again that's that goes in the thirty three years of marriage. That's a that's a massive feat itself as well. Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, I mean Louise and I both came from the same type of family, though, like a a, a family, a battling family that <laughs> spent our life on the land. Um, Louise's mum and dad still alive, and they and Ron still ropes, loves to rope. He's Adi odd still loves to rope and and loves to watch roping and um, and so we we came from the same same area same type of backgrounds I guess um, I guess that helps a lot um, we left left that uh, northern area for a few reasons um, I, I just wanted to be around different people I wanted to be around I mean not that I didn't like I loved Richmond and all the people I we just wanted to experience a bit more a life around different things but um and one of the biggest hurdle i've ever came across i suppose i i suffer from depression um so through the years through the 2000s even when we were building the team wrapping side of things um there was stages there that i had depression that bad that couldn't get off the off the bed sort of thing so I a pretty tough time you know like just myself um and i um it, it came to the spot where i had um eight shock treatments yeah 
um, and no one wants no one wants to talk about any of that. But that's just a fact of life. I I went got to that level where then nothing else was working, and a lot of people have got different ideas on it. <laughs> and um, so it, it was the bottom of level there in about two thousand eight, seven or eight, something like that. I don't even can't even remember because that shock treatment I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, but got through it. Um, still married. Still got a family, and and um, still doing what I love. Yeah. Would Would you say it'd be the the family and doing what you love that's that's brought you out of that? Oh hell yeah! I mean, you if you don't have if you don't have family by your side or really good mates be, beside you, it, I don't know how tough it'd be. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't be here. Simple. Um, if I didn't have family and and friends, yeah, simple. Yeah. Well, I'm very lucky you are because I got, I got to spend a lot of time with you when um, the very first big show that was on, I met Netta and Ian. Uh, I'm not sure if you came up to it at the Jackpot at Miles. It was like two weeks before the big show and that and I had the week off and Netta's like, come down to home the week before because he's closer to Tamworth and what I was then and I ended up staying there for a week and ended up leaving a horse there for you and you trained her up for me and... I'd fly home, I'd fly to work, go to work for the week, fly home, drive to Warwick from Brisbane, grab my rope bag, get in the car and drive straight to Gunnedah and I'd spend the week with you guys. So I pretty well lived lived at Gunnedah and Thorny Hill for uh, six, seven, eight months and I got to spend a lot of time with you. So I'm very, very grateful that that you uh, managed to, to sort everything out and be the man you are today because I've been privileged enough to spend time with that man. It's been great. Thank you, thank yeah. you. And, uh, it's, it's awesome, and the amount of friends that we've lo- have made through team roping, and just the team roping association. I, I've been to the states three, four, four, I don't know, five or six times, and and that's basically all I do when I go over there is to rope and uh, meet people, different people all the time. And we, I mean, I talked to a lot of people about the number and system, but. I originally went over there in '84 and bulldogged um, with Tommy Buse, Tom Erickson, and Mark Roy, and I mean we travelled six months throughout Canada and a bit of the states. So um, it made some great friends that we still keep in contact. Like still go and visit those guys now, and and every time we go over, we keep on making friends. And not over over there, but Western Australia, South Australia, um, all around Australia. Northern Territory. We got friends that rope, and it's like it's like a family. You every time you say, "Oh, you've been roping like no, yeah, well," and next minute you're just all you talk about talk is roping right. and stuff like that. But it's it's um, yeah, it's no, it's a really good family sport, and I've I've met so many great friends, and I wouldn't have, wouldn't have done that without without team roping because it would have been stuck in one area and. Not yeah. Not got to travel like we have. Yeah, that's true. Well, I um to everyone that I do get on the podcast, I send the message out and um, I send out and ask for a list of accomplishments. And I just realised like my list got really bad when I say list and accomplishments. I've got braces on now. Uh, this is the first episode I've done since getting braces on, and that's why I didn't do one for a while because I had a really bad list, and I just picked up on it just then that it's still really bad. <laughs> But um, when you sent me through your list, it wasn't what everybody else has and it wasn't what I was expecting. 
you sent through the how old you were been kicking for this long married for this long and named the kids and stuff and that is your accomplishments to you is your family yes sir that. that is my accomplishments we're married to my wife for 33 years two great boys and yeah that is yeah that is living in and I, I, I still got lots of friends lots of mates and and friends all over the world i mean that's that's what i live for that's it so I still had to dig around and get, get some more info out of you when you sent that through. But I've only got a couple, but that's all we need. But uh, you've won numerous Austra- like Australasian team roping finals titles and stuff like that. The amount of saddles and buckles you've won here in Capella alone, it's it's on the higher number. It's it's counting on two hands. Yeah. You've got to take your socks yeah. off as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... Yeah, they were great. I mean, I love winning. I love winning. I mean, I'm a competitor as much as anyone. Um, I just, I don't know. I just like, I, I appreciate friends and competing more than than winning, I guess. I, I maybe that's why I haven't won more than I should. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we bulldog. I bulldog for years, and we went. To, I went to pro finals five or six times, um, equaled the... Uh, we I, we had a tie at Wangaratta, uh, myself and John Day. We had a we we'd all basically left the radio and they had to call us back and we had to have a ride off for that and I lost that um, for a title. But um, but that's 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 life and that's fine. I don't I don't have any regrets about any of it because um, end of the day we just we all know where we're going. Yeah. That's it. But on top of all the, the competing and getting down the road that you do, you pump out some very high quality horses. Like you're saying before, like you like putting people and seeing people on good horses but you also that they're just your your camp. You know, like I don't know how many horses that you'd have here alone that you've started and gotten started in team roping. Just on these grounds this weekend. You know, like it's you, the way you th- manage to get the most out of a horse in the team roping side is phenomenal. Like I said before, like I dropped, I left a mare there for you, and she was a awesome horse, awesome. She was just too busy-minded for me with the amount of work I could put in with her because I was away so often. But um, when you when you got her from me and stuff like that, she just I just seen her go up and up and level, and that. But one horse I did want to talk about is is. Um, uh, what's his name again? Sorry, uh, uh, Alf. 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 That's the one. Alf. Yeah. Um, he's a good horse. He's a deadly little pony of yours and Giles that you guys put a lot of time into. And um, the very first finals he went to, he took Peter Young to his to his black and gold to his Australian Championship. Yep. That's that's pretty cool. The first finals and being being at uh, Jupiter's underneath the casino and that's that's a lot for a horse to take in. You bet. I mean, they're amazing animals. Um, the more time I spend on them and with them, uh, just the more they amaze you. But it's more to do with the person, um, and most horses have got it in them. That's just how we how we get it out of them, I guess. Um, I've been around some really great horsemen, um, like the Tyler Magnus, Chris Cox, Sean O'Hanlon. Um, and every one of them has got a different trait with a horse. 
Um, so it's not, there is no such thing as a one-way thing for a horse. Um, it is what a person, uh, a horse is what a person is. Yeah. Um, and the more we understand that, I think the, the I mean, the more I understand it, the, b- the better I can get along, get a horse to do what I want to do. And I'm by no means any, um, any, any anywhere near the likes of Chris Cox, Sean, and or Tyler Magnus, but um, uh, yeah, I, I've 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 found I've had some pretty good head horses come through, um, and and heel horses as well. I mean, I don't heel as good as I like. I mean, I don't head as good as I, I want to either. I mean, I and I suppose everyone could say the same thing, but um, uh, I do have. Uh, uh, achievements in like i just i like a horse coming out calm and and coming coming through a rope and it's like this team rapping and capella i like them coming out pretty calm so um this kind of stuff we work on to keep them cool yeah and, and um that's you know like it, it all comes from the person um um knowledge knowledge ends when 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 um temper starts is when knowledge is is has ended so and that's been one of my philosophies that if you ever get wild with a horse that means you don't know what you're doing yeah um, and that's if you could carry that to every horse if you ever get wild you're doing it wrong yeah um so don't blame the horse so there's yeah um but it's we're forever learning it's like anything in life you are forever learning so it's um and i love I love just seeing uh, anyone come along and ride my horses and, and get along with them. Um, I'm a bit of a collector of them, as I don't sell things very good. <laughs> um, got a heap sitting in the pen. Yeah, finished I'd, rope horses, but oh, I just yeah, I might ride no, him tomorrow. I can't sell him. I don't <laughs> want to sell him. And my wife always tortures me about that, but she doesn't want to sell hers either. So no. Um, it's the same thing, but uh, we're at stages. We brought 13, 14, 15 horses here to um, the ATRA finals for people from Western Australia to ride, from yeah, Victoria to ride, stuff like that. But I enjoyed, you know, like they just we actually had some people from New Zealand as well. So, yeah, that's I just love doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's actually one horse I haven't seen this weekend. Is um. Once again, can't remember his name. Big baldy chestnut horse, head horse. Yeah, I'm sorry to say. Where is he? He got colic and died. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Casey's big horse, Patchy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Not within the last couple of months, we've lost him. He's a, he was, he's left a big hole in our fleet. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because. Yeah. Like between him and Tin Man, you, they were your two main head horses, yeah. weren't they? They owned it. Yeah. They were the king of the kings in your pen. Mm-hmm. So what, Tin Man all on his own now? Yeah, Tin Man's been delegated back to me, and I've, he's he's a one-man horse this weekend. Really? You bet. He'll yeah. be loving that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, From yeah. 100 runs down to, well, with you just, you want him down to 98. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so who did you bring up this weekend? Um, yeah, so we've got Tin and Henry in my outfit. Henry's a cover all horse. He can head heel and but then Coulter rides him in the in the sixes on 
I think just Charity like Bates, he riding him last year in the head and side. Yeah, Bates, he one-legged Bates was riding him in the head and side last year. But, um, That's a bright and, horse. But he's like the backup for 10-man heading for me. Yep. Um, he can do everything. Um, but so they're basically the two there. And then Joel's got two heel horses. And then we've got Udamus, um, the John Bastardo's little bay horse. Wow. He, he, um, he comes up, of course, and he he's a fills in the holes. So you can head and heel on him as well. So. Yep. Yeah. So he turns up today. Yeah, he'll be here today. Yep. So Jess is bringing him up. Uh, Ella's bringing him up. Ella's yeah. bringing him up. Mm. Yep. So what's Jess hauling up? Uh, Jess has got her own horses. Her own horses. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, as I said before, you were up north and stuff. So back in the, we were actually talking to you last night with Lamar, and how. Uh, how completely different they were to what they are now. But you used to run some of the biggest ropings up in North Queensland, some yeah. mad ten-headers. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, we would, we actually talked about this last night. The, the ten-head game started at, at Evandale. That's where it all started. Yeah. And we used to go down to Evandale, Warwick time, and do the ten-heads down there with uh, um, old John, old John Osborne. And um, and we just loved it so much. So then, then it went back. We took it back to Richmond because we had a pretty big team of rodeo competitors that used to come out of Richmond. Yep. Every year you used to go to the finals, and um, so we we like on the weekends around Richmond, we'd travel 100k to go and see a friend and rope there. Mm. Um, so we end up having doing the ten heads up there. Um, then we had a place at Walkers Park, which is hundred k north of Richmond we did a 10 head there every year um, on the northern run and everyone we used to get 90 80 90 teams every year wow um, and it was pretty amazing because it was just like out in the bush um, no power no nothing you know like and lots of fun yeah lots of fun was that <laughs> I mean, we had our own rules we wrote I mean, some steers in between yeah yeah we did a lot of roping steers I mean we had some rules that the competitors didn't like when one of them was um on the after the ninth we would say righto it's uh richmond time so we'd pull up and have a few beers and uh, a lot of the mate a lot of the better competitors and all the win- ones that win and never liked that because it was um even though i'd won a couple of them I, yeah we just sit back and have a beer for a half an hour an hour and yeah took them out uh, of the zone <laughs> took them out of their zone it was a yeah what wasn't meant to that it was just like we put these ropings on to relax and enjoy yeah that's that's why we do it yeah um and that was the only reason we were doing that was to a back off your competition and let's enjoy this a bit more yeah have some fun that's why we're here yes sir that's it well um another another one of the reasons why we had to sit down this morning to the podcast was uh you're running a flagging school here this afternoon in the arena yeah, Ben, um, kind of got dumped with this. Um, Russell, uh, uh, what's the name, came over from the States and he was, um, oh, gone a blank on him. Um, he went around and he did a lot of roving schools. This is probably five years ago. Kevin Redstrom did. Yep. Um, and then we got him to do a flagging school here. Um, yeah, so it was probably five years ago and from then on in we, we've had people that kept asking us uh, for a flagging school and 
not that I do did a lot of flagging then, but I taught myself to do a little flag, and Joel does a, quite a bit of flagging. Um, so we studied it a bit more and learned a bit more about it. Um, so every year we do a flagging school here, um, and it's not. And you, the more you look into it, the, the more we're finding. Um, um, I actually did a uh, judging school, like a professional rodeo um at uh, prca uh, judging school in 84 the first year i went ever went to the states in steubenville anyway i'd still had that book that was kicking around in my gear and joel pulled it out there not long ago and he reads it and whatever looking rules and whatever but there was some awesome stuff about how judges and how how your appearance is and how to how to make a turn a bad call into a good call and stuff like this um so that we, we're trying to share that with a lot of the members here this afternoon um just by making it a lot fairer and that, and that's that's all part of it is making people go home happy that's the that's the reason behind the the flagging yeah and that's what i uh, i've actually had that written down but um flicking through the book last night it does it goes over like the appearance of a judge like how to how to uh, come across as a confident in your decision. Yeah. And, like, it goes through, like, it's got diagrams of the barrier and, and where to be and, and all that sort of thing, like your presence and everything. It was it was quite an interesting read. It was it was really cool. And to for you, to the book's pretty well falling apart now, but, like, you, you're trying to figure out a way of, like, scanning it or taking photos or whatever you've got to do of every page to keep it going. Because it is the sort of book that you don't want to just throw away. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's pretty amazing when you read it after all those years, and then you think, "Holy hell, this is exactly what I'm trying to teach, trying to teach right now. here." It is yep. in a book that I I was given back in '84, um, and what they were doing in the PRCA in '84 for radios, and which they still do now, of course, because their present presentation and um, their promptness, their every, their sharpness is is to a T, um, and that's what we're trying to uh, encourage in our flagging. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you are constantly, like even though you're stepping down from president, you're constantly trying to keep improve this association. You know, you're like we we're just saying with that with the the flagging school, and not just going out and go, okay, this is what you do you know but like go into the depth of everything we just spoke about that you got to get into over there yeah but um you've also sort of just trying to boost as much as we can on social media for the for the whole association because that is where everyone we live stream the finals now and that's if you can't be here it's worldwide yes, everyone sir. gets to see it yes sir and i would have loved to have had this to put together and, and upload it beforehand but it probably unfortunately won't get won't get uploaded to all the platforms until afterwards but it would have been really cool for someone to sit down and listen to this that doesn't even have a clue about our association and go well i would have found that now and then found it on facebook and shared it and it just gone step by step by step to other people that would have never known yeah and it's great areas for i mean like people at camp draft at the moment are, are struggling because they've got horses there that they Oh, they can't get to a camp draft either. There's too many people trying to get in, so they're not allowed. To, can't go. Or the, I mean, with the drought, there's not many cattle. Whereas um, 
we can start them off on the sixes and I mean there's sixes competitions going on all the time and we anyone can put on a sixes competition for the ATRA which is just amazing the amount of fun you can have just playing around with a machine and oh yeah. and learn so much too. and learn so much no matter what level yeah. you are yeah yeah, yeah. Nah, awesome well that's covered all the questions I want to get into I've got four questions that I ask well I only started with three and then I, I, I got a really good one and have added it into every episode but I always start out what's your favourite rodeo you've, like whether you've gotten to compete there or just gone to go and watch or what, what favourite rodeo um, yeah I'd have to say Mount Isa yep was um, well it started off in a big arena and it was we had a pretty long barrier on it um, back in the day at Calcadoon Park and yeah I won quite a money, bit of money there over the years it was more cowboy than anything else and now they've got it back in at uh, in in the town there and they've got a laneway system it's it's all cowboy yeah, yeah. Um, so I love I'll, for a rodeo yeah man I was probably the best ones I did enjoy the the ropings at Oh, not the Robins, the uh, Rodeos at the Gold Coast. Uh, yep. We went to the finals there a couple of years, um, and they were fun. They were a lot of fun, but uh, me and Isa would have to be the best. Yeah, nice. What's a bit of advice you would uh, give to someone that's keen to start out? And um, not just roping, like rodeo, full stop. Don't stop learning. There's things. There's thing about... Um, when you come a, a competitor, and the better you get, your ego builds at the same time, and you've got to be careful about your ego because once your ego ego gets too big, you can stop learning. I know that because I've been there. Um, and when you stop learning, that's when you you'll find you'll hit the hit the edge and drop off. So you've got to start learning again. So why waste that that little period of time just because your ego got in your way? Yeah. Um, and that's a that's a pretty good lesson that I learned over the years. Um, learning, it's a learning thing all the time, and you just got to keep going back in the pan and keep on asking. You can ask the worst competitor. You can learn off the worst competitor as well as the best competitor. Um, and and uh, that's yeah, that's kind of probably the one of the biggest things is don't don't stop, but don't 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 let it let yourself get bigger than the event. That's yep. that's one of the biggest things. I mean, you're only a competitor, um, and part of part of the game is uh, having a good a good mindset to be able to compete. And you, and part of that is to be have confidence. So, over I mean, not so much overconfidence, but ego swap swamp with overconfidence can can take you out of the game. Yeah, hundred percent. What about someone stuck in a rut? It'd nearly be along the same lines. Yeah, pretty well. Um, there's the answer. Yeah, there's the answer. The answer is um, you got to reach out to other people, um, and and it'll be involved. Everything, everything, any winning takes takes a bit of pain, work. It all takes work, um, and some people learn a lot easier than others, um, but. If you're in a rut, it's because you've stopped learning. Um, so it'll take you reaching out to someone that you don't want to to get yourself out of it. Yeah. So you've got to dig a little deeper. 
yeah exactly that's what that is so um, I know this is kind of two different things, but I've asked a couple of people and they're like, well, I don't really have a hero, but uh, who's your hero or, or your idol? I don't know. Uh, my wife. Yep. Yeah. She put up with me for 30 years, 33 years. Mm. She'd be a lot of people's hero for that. <laughs> yes. Idol for that. Yeah. Um, no, yes. I mean, that's, they're, they're, my, they're my idols. I mean, my family, uh, my dad, uh Amazing. My mum, she's passed away now, but my dad's naughty this year. So, uh, yeah, he's awesome. awesome I'd love man. for him to write a book before. Oh, yeah. I'd, we would all love that. But, yeah. Um, but if you want to go to the sports scene, Jonathan Thurston. Jonathan Thurston, I like his, the way he's humble. Costa Zoo, the way they humble people. I like humble people that reach out to everyone. Yeah. yeah. That's what I like. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. So I've got a bit of a thing here that I do. I do some rapid fire. So it's like first answer that pops into your head. Just boom. Morning or night person? Morning. Morning. Why? Well. Too old to stay awake. <laughs> no, no, I can stay awake. Um, I, when I get out of bed in the morning, I, I feel so good. Yeah. Simple it's as just that. the days wears me down. Yeah. <laughs> the people in the days. <laughs> Maybe the people, whatever. <laughs> no, I spend a lot of time on my own and I enjoy my own company, but um, I, I love doing stuff. And by the, the older I get, the longer the days are. True, true. Favourite horse? That would be a tough one. Yeah, uh, favourite, best horse of ever had was a horse called um, Doc. It was a 49er Doc horse. Um, it was his second last or third last head horse. He was, uh, uh, he's still alive, um, but he he had more heart than most of the horses I've ever known. Yep. Um, Tin Man I got now, he's awesome as well. Um, didn't have the pace that Doc had, but he's, yeah, and yeah, I love, yeah, I love them all. <laughs> yep. If it was to be your last meal you were ever going to have on this planet, what would it be? Corn beef. Corn beef. You bet. White sauce or yeah, pickles? Yeah, that'd or be good. Onion. Onion. Nice. Mm -hmm. Favourite place to holiday in Australia? Or in the world, actually. We'll go the world. Uh, <laughs> it, it may be in a arena in Arizona or somewhere like that. Nice. Yeah. Yep. What's the secret to a successful marriage? Yeah, I think I've been through this one already. Um, both people got to work. That's it. Mm -hmm. Communication. Same as everything we do. We've got to communicate. You stop communication on any part of your life trail, things are going to go backward. Yep. Nice. Well, that's the fire, and I close out every episode with the exact same thing, and I explain it in every episode because I just never know who's clicked on what episode beforehand. But the reason why I called it the Cashless Cowboy is because at one point or another, everyone's gotten down the road with no money in their pocket. They've paid their entries, they've got the diesel there, and they just live on water and air for until they win some coin but they do what they have to do to hustle inside that arena to to win that coin so they can eat or they can get home. So it's all about the hustle for me to, to end every episode. 
So what is your definition of hustle? Hustle, in that point of view, is looking good even though you're feeling bad. Yep. you got to keep your chin up and keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep kicking. Get up in the morning and keep kicking. But presentation is everything. Um, a lot of people think I'm rich. I still struggle to pay entries. Yep. Um, it's not it's not about being rich, it's about being presented right. Um, but like you're talking about being broke, I live most of my life being broke. Um, money money means nothing to me. Yeah. Uh, money's just the item we use to get stuff. I I use I know what I've got it in here that will get me anything I want. Um sometimes I need this to get money to get things but that's just part of it yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's uh, I've that's I get a lot of different answers and every answer I get that's different to me is that that's my favorite that and the hero idol are my two favorite things about the podcast is because everyone's got a different answer for everything and yeah because I'm I'm the same and you know like I've had the the rough relationships and stuff like that where people are like oh I didn't even know you were in bad spot like I'm a big believer in um you you present yourself in everything you do yes sir you yes, know you got to look good and it's this, this is probably I'm going to cop a lot of crap for this but um I I when we stopped in at home the other day to, to head on up to here I, I grabbed a mirror and stuff and Robo's like oh what do you want that for I'm like because I just I like looking good and looking presentable to whatever I'm doing and that's exactly what you just said so that was that hit me a lot more than a lot of other answers yeah um, and it's important um, especially with I mean like I talked about having depression there before um, I've looked in the mirror and seen some not very good sights <laughs> yeah um, but that's just a mind playing tricks on you mm. okay so um so for us to trick our mind into thinking that we are rich we got to look good okay so we if we if we look good every day and we make a habit of looking good and presenting ourselves uh and then you will believe that you're good and then that it'll take you on from there and the next minute you're there that's it and it's it's, it's um, never ending it's true <laughs> you know there's that many stories of people that are um broke like homeless but still go to a job interview in a suit you yes, know sir. yeah and then you've got the stories of the people that have got a lot of money and that are that humble that you wouldn't even know that they can buy this whole arena that we're on now with hundred dollar bills yeah because they don't go flashing around they just yeah who they are yep well that's awesome that's that day uh, yeah to me that was an awesome way to wrap up the episode cheers ben it's been awesome good to talk to you and yeah um i hope it helps other people i mean i hope it, um people understand me a little bit more um where i'm at i guess um where our family is and like i say i i enjoy uh friendship more than anything and if i can get more friends out of this i'd well, let's do it again one day. That's it. And that's what I was talking to Joe last night because a lot of people ask me why I do this. And if I can reach out to one person 
out of every episode, then that's that's my mission accomplished, you know. But if uh, if we can reach out to multiple people and change the way they think of even the person I'm interviewing or change the way that they look at other things, yeah, even yeah. better. You bet, you bet. I mean, a lot of people are suffering there. I mean, we've got one of the worst droughts in history happening and right now and and we've been through droughts all our lives and that's where we we come from richmond um and i feel for the people on the land and i'm still on the land myself but um there's no right and wrong answer um you just got to keep kicking and you got to get up and look good in the morning yeah um and then you, you will feel yourself climb through things i mean We've had that bad flood through the North Queensland there last year, and it just blows me away how how tough it can get on people. But um, at the end of the day, we come into this world naked, and we go out naked. Yeah. So don't worry about the little things in the middle because, um, yeah, if you've got friends and family, you you can keep. You always be rich. You're rich, rich as it can be. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Once again, thank you very much for coming on. Good luck this weekend. Hopefully, easy last uh, last year's present. You can go it with a bang. Yeah, sir. I'd love to. I'd love to get a win this weekend. It'd be awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're actually roping together, so we'll, oh, we'll get a we'll get a better. We, we will get a win. The eights. That's it. You bet. Awesome. Thanks, heaps, dude. Appreciate it, mate. Take Cheers, it easy, mate. guys. We'll uh, we've got a few more lined up for the rest of the weekend. I'll get a few more episodes in, but uh, yeah, we'll see you at the next one. Cheers.